guys are the awake crowd, right? Because you've had your coffee, you had your breakfast, you had all that. Yes, I have one person agreeing. So my name's Steve Hammes, and um, I'm really excited to bring in the next message in our series called Blessed. And uh, we've been talking about different aspects of blessing, and uh, today we're going to talk about being blessed to be a blessing. And you know, I don't know about you guys, but in the season of Thanksgiving, I like to just set aside some time to, to just step back and to be thankful for all the blessings that I have. And I know you've probably heard this advice too in your life that count your blessings, right? And I think that's awesome advice that every so often we step back and we count our blessings. And it's a really good thing because it centers us back into being grateful. It's a general rule that those people who are happy, genuinely happy, are those who focus on the things that they do have and not the things that they don't have. But I'll tell you, I don't know about you guys, in today's world, it's really, really easy to get knocked off the gratitude train because you have the people who are the best at marketing in the world targeting you every single day, telling you that if you don't have their product or whatever they're offering that you're not complete, that you can't possibly be happy unless you have it. And they come at us and they really turn the center of focus back on to us through their marketing. And it works. And the focus is put back on us. But Thanksgiving, you know, it's, it's a time that we can just step back a little bit. And between your food and your fun and your football and your naps, those are the ones I like anyway. And then those of you who do the shopping thing, you know, it's, it's awesome to just step back and tell God, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. And while it's important to recognize the things that he's done for you and the blessings that he's given you, it's more important to really step back and ask why have I been given these blessings? Now, I'll tell you, this is a hard thing, but a lot of people in America, and I've been there too, and you may be there too, we just don't want to admit it, but what happens is our relationship with God can sometimes become a thing of, I believe in God, and He exists to make my life better. And I know that sounds kind of selfish, but we get to that place that God exists to make my life better. If if I get something great, it's because he's blessing me. If something bad happens to me, it's because I must be doing something wrong. You know? And if I live right and I do the right thing, then God's going to bless me. It's kind of like putting the quarter in the gumball machine and we turn it and we expect the blessing to come out of it because we've done something. But that's not what God intended. And so I want to take a look at today, how does God intend this whole blessing thing to work? So if you have your Bible and you want to open it, go to Genesis 12. We're going to start there. So this is the story of Abraham. If you're an, an Islam, if you're a Jew, if you're a Christian, we all go back to Abraham. He's our founding father. And God asked Abraham to leave the land that he knew, his only land that he'd ever been in. And he asked him to leave and go to another land, and he promised to bless him. A lot of us would say, all right, you can ask me to move, God. I hope there's something in it for me, right? And there was for Abraham. But let's look at what God really said to him. So if we start in Genesis 12 and we read it, it says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, the reason that God blessed Abraham wasn't just for Abraham. 
it was that Abraham could turn around and not just bless his family or his tribe, would be to bless everybody and pass it on. And you know, if we just count our blessings and we don't share them, we're just being selfish, right? And I'm not saying that you're not supposed to enjoy your blessings. You are. That's why God gives us blessings to enjoy. But God wants us to pass those blessings on and reward you for passing them on. Proverbs 11.25 says this. It says, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and who one who waters will himself be watered. Hebrews says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And Ephesians 2 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And finally, Matthew says, Freely you have received, freely gives. Freely give. And God blesses us in, in a couple different ways. And I came up with three that I think are, are the three main ways that God blesses us. And the first is the physical. It's our physical resources. You know, I think if you ask people, how do you bless somebody? You'd naturally come to one thing that strikes a chord with you. Some people would say, well, I, I give money. That's the thing that I do. Others might say, well, at Christmas time, I take a star off the angel tree and, and we bless other families with it. Somebody might say, you know, I help with the project. I do something for somebody, and that's how I bless them. But you know, God gives us our resources. He gives us our wealth. He gives us everything that we have. So, you know, if you think about it and say, you know, if I haven't worn it in a year, <laughs> if I haven't looked at it in a year, maybe I should pass it on. Maybe I should bless somebody else. If you've got frequent flyer miles, miles, maybe give them to somebody who needs to take a trip back to see some family or for an emergency or whatever. Donate some frequent flyer miles. If you've got a vacation home that you don't use, maybe you just let somebody have it for a week for somebody who can't afford a vacation to do it. If you've got season tickets to the Patriots or to the Celtics, you can give them to me. Um, I mean, give them to, <laughs> give them to somebody who's never, never been to a game, um, a professional game. But, you know, it, it really all goes back to stewardship. It goes back to God gave us everything, everything that we have, our bodies, our money, our resources, our physical possessions. They're not ours. They belong to God, and God's point is that, look, I bless you with them, but I need you to bless others with them. The second thing is talents. It's true of our possessions, but it's also true of our talents, the things that we can do. You know, when I look around on a Sunday and I see there's people running the coffee bar, they're here early, there's somebody setting up cones out there so we don't hit each other at 6.30 in the morning, there's somebody at the Welcome Center there's the worship teams here at 645. The sound guys are here at 645. There's people teaching our kids next door. There's so many things that people here are using their talents and their abilities to bless others with. And you know what? It's a blessing to us when we get to do that. When we get to share what God's given us with somebody else and bless them, it's a blessing to us. And the last thing is the spiritual blessings. You know, God blesses us with his grace and mercy and compassion every single day. God blesses us with forgiveness when we're total jerks. He blesses us with compassion when we go off track and we do something that we shouldn't get in, involved with at all, and we sin, and, you know, he blesses us. He forgives us. Every day, we get to start a new day with the God of the universe, and his compassion and his mercy start new every day, and he blesses us. But he says, you know what? I've done that for you. I want you to do that for others. You know, when we're at work, have compassion on the person next to us. When somebody said something that you don't like, extend some grace, extend some mercy. We don't often think of it, but that's how we're blessing other people is with the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And it's a blessing. My daughter Megan said it to me this way. She goes, Dad, it's, it's like kinetic energy. 
I'm all, yeah, but I don't remember what kinetic energy is. So tell me what kinetic energy is. So she says, it's like you have this potential in you to be a blessing. But kinetic energy really doesn't happen until it's in motion, until you start to move. So when, until we start to pass our blessings on, it's not really a blessing. It's just a potential blessing. And it's like we need to put their blessings in motion and bless other people with it. And, you know, as I thought about this whole thing, and when I first heard the sermon title, You're Blessed to Be a Blessing, I, I went, well, duh. Um, I mean, doesn't that just make sense? And, and I didn't want to do this sermon because I just thought, that's, that's so self-explanatory. You, duh, right? But as I thought about it, I thought, well, if that's true, then how come I don't do it as often as I should? What stops me from being a blessing to other people? So I really had to sit and think about it. I came up with three that I think are the, are the biggest things for me anyway. And you might come up with other things that apply to you, but I'll bet these rank up there on your list too. And the first is busyness. You know, we're all busy. We're all super busy. And there are times that I got my busy blinders on and I totally, totally miss the opportunities that God puts in front of me to bless other people. There's a book called 40 Days of Purpose that Rick Warren wrote. And it starts with four of the best words I think any book has ever started with. Anybody know them? Shout it out. It's not about you. It's not about you. Our life here isn't about everything that we can get and bring on. It's not about you. You know, being blessing to somebody else can literally take a second. Or it can take a lifetime. Or anywhere in between. Sometimes just that little second to say something or a little second to do something is a huge blessing to somebody. And I think of how many opportunities that I've missed because I'm busy. The second thing that I think is an obstacle in its mind is fear. And at first you say, well, how does fear work into that? But fear works into it that you may be afraid to get involved in somebody else's circumstances. You may be afraid of their drama. You might want to say something to somebody, or you might want to pray with them, and you're going, mm, I don't know, I don't know. And that fear stops us. You could be such an uplifting thing to somebody by something that you do or say. But fear gets in the way. And we don't want to get pulled into something that we won't want to be a part of. But the truth is, if God asks you to do it, don't let fear be your obstacle. And the third thing, and this is where I want to park for a little bit, um, is your attitude. So God called me out on this about three, four weeks ago. And um, I was sharing with Jess Aquino, you ever get smacked by God? I, I got smacked really hard. And Jess is all, yes, that's me too. Ah! And for those of you who know Jess, you know what I'm talking about. Yes! So if you don't know Jess, I know it looks weird. But it's, anyway, so I was doing something for Shiloh in ministry, and I'm, I'm working on it, and I'm just grumbling, and I'm complaining. And God said to me as clear as day, he said, then don't. Then don't. Stop it. And if you've ever had a situation, especially with kids, where you ask them to do something and you say, would you do this for me? And they're like, and you say, would you help me? Fine, fine. And then you turn, right? And you go, never mind. Never mind. I don't want you to help me. And that was me with God. And I was turning and I was saying, you know, no, it's fine, God, really. And God say, no, really, your attitude stinks. I don't want you to do this because it's a stench in my nostrils. It's not pleasing to me with the attitude that you have. And I was there, and, and I said, you know, get to the point, please, God, you know, let me. 
and I'm, and I'm begging with him, but it turned, and God really showed me, you know, attitude isn't everything, but it's one thing that can make it a huge, huge difference in your life. So I want to say a couple things about your attitude. So the first, your attitude is the paintbrush of your mind. You can either paint with vivid colors and lift people up, or you can paint with dark colors and bring them down. You know, your attitude, its root is in here, but its fruit is outward. Your attitude can be your best friend or it can be your worst enemy. Your attitude can be drawing people to you or it can be pushing people away from you. Your attitude is more honest and more consistent about you than the words that you speak out of your mouth. And your attitude is never content until it's expressed. Your attitude is your outward look based upon your past experience. It's the librarian of your past, it's the speaker of your present, and it's the prophet of your future. Your attitude determines your approach to life. If you talk to any sports coach and you ask him, hey, coach, what difference does attitude actually make with the performance of your team? That coach will tell you attitude makes every bit of a difference in how my team performs. It's the key to their success. If they have a great attitude, I know it. I sense it. The team will naturally do better. They're tied together. You know, attitude can't change the facts. And I can't control what happens to me, but I can control what happens in me. You know, studies show that attitude makes a difference in how you face challenges. I think that life really is 10% of what happens to you and it's 90% of how you react to it. Attitude makes a huge difference in your relationships with other people. They have studies that show that people who have problems with relationship skills and getting along with other people, it's usually because they have an attitude about other people. Who we are is how we see other people. You know, your negative experiences you've had in life and your baggage that you carry with life, it colors your perception of other people's actions. I've said this before, there's a guy on South Willow Street at the off-ramp, and I see him every time I go off there, and he's got the sign, and, and, and I'm like, is that your job? I, I don't say this to him, I just, I think it, right? Is, it, is that your job? Why don't you go get a job? And I have an attitude about this guy that I've gotten, and, and it's not healthy. And I was sharing this with a small group one day, and uh, Sandy Arnold, he said, you know, because I, I said, you know, the guy's got new shoes on. They're nice white shoes. They're nicer than the shoes I wear. And Sandy said, well, maybe somebody gave him the shoes. And it's like, you're right. Maybe somebody gave him the shoes. I, you see, my baggage, my negative experiences have colored what I think that this guy is doing. It's not healthy. And so many times we spend so much energy trying to change somebody else that really we should be working on changing ourselves. Every single person has something that they can teach you. And you can either be lifting people up during your day or you can be tearing them down. So our thoughts. If you want to change your attitude, you have to change your thoughts. The things that you think about, most of your dominating thoughts, what you think about most of the time, they've brought you to where you are in life today. The things that you think about most of the time, your dominating thoughts are, what have made you into the person that you are today. So if you don't like that, you change the way that you think. Because we can change our feelings by changing our thoughts. Your feelings come from your thoughts. So a couple of questions to ask yourself. And I had to ask myself these as well. 
my attitude, my attitude and my thoughts, you know. I have to identify what problem feelings do I have? What things do I think about that bring me down, that are negative in nature? I have to think about that. What are those? You know, what is it that gives me the attitude that I have? Secondly, problem behaviors. What behaviors do I have that cause problems with other people? For me, it's impatience. My busyness ties to my impatience. Being busy doesn't give me the ability to take the time to hear what people say. <laughs> so when I talk to somebody, I'm like, come on, get out, spit out. And it causes me issues with people. I'm like, let's roll, come on. But we all have attitudes and behaviors that are very much tied together. And you have to think, what problem behaviors do you have? Problem thinking. What do you think about most of the time? Is it a positive thing? Is it a negative thing? Is it bringing you down? Because most of your unhappiness in your life is because you're listening to yourself more than you're speaking to yourself. You have to speak things into existence. You know, <laughs> your attitude doesn't stay good automatically. I'll be the first to vouch for that. And it's easier to maintain a good attitude than to try to get it back. You ever have that? It's hard. Here's the thing that the situation that lives that you live in today doesn't have to live inside you. It's not the way that it has to be. Your attitude makes all the difference in the world. You can't control the length of your life that you live today, but you can control how deep it is and how wide it is for the time that you're here. So you might say, "Why do you why are you going on this? Why are you sitting here so for so much time?" Because I think it's really really hard to want to bless somebody if you have a bad attitude. And our attitudes can poison us or they can make you do what God called you to do. And a lot of times we're just looking, th looking at things through the wrong lens, you know. So I want to share, a, I hate algebra, but I want to share a formula with you. Let's put it up. Anybody know what this is? I'll give you a thousand bucks if you can tell me what it is. Time's up. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Time's up. Beach to it. F plus I over T equals M. Right? So what this is, focus plus intensity over time equals momentum. So what do I mean by that? If you focus on something with intensity over a period of time, you start to get momentum. So if, I think of this coming up into Thanksgiving, right? So if you want to change your life, if you want to change your attitude, if you want to become a person that blesses others, if you focus on it with some intensity and you do it for a period of time, you start to get momentum in your life. You start to, this becomes easier. And, and I think there are people probably in this room that say, you know, you're, I don't really relate to what you're saying because I do this. Fantastic. You've done that. You've focused on it and you've put some intensity behind it. You've done it for a period of time and now it's become a way of life for you. But there are things in our life, if it's our attitude and we have to change our attitude, we've got to work on it with some intensity for a period of time in order to get some momentum in our life to make it happen. Does that make sense? Create a life of momentum and being a blessing. So I want to share a picture with you. God just deals with me really weird sometimes, but he gives me pictures, and I was thinking of an ant. And uh, I'm going to call him Andy the ant, right? So Andy the ant, ants are amazing. They can carry 50 times their body weight on their back. They have incredibly strong necks. 
And scientists say that there's some species of ant that can carry 2,000 times their body weight on their, on their back. So little Andy the ant here, he goes out and he picks up this honking flower and puts it on his back, right? And he's going to bring that big bad boy back to his community where they're all waiting because he wants to bless his community, right? So what? So big old Andy the ant, a couple of things I know about Andy, buddy. He is not going to step off the path and munch half of that flower and bring the rest of it back to his community. He's going to bring the whole flower, right? Andy the ant, when he gets there, he's not going to be ashamed that somebody's going to go, a flower? (laughs) You brought a flower? Andy doesn't give a hoot that it's a flower. Andy wants to bless the community. So, big deal, right? But here's the thing. God created, he gave that little ant ability to carry 50 times what he can do. He gave you and I much more. And here's the thing. Andy didn't go out and get a little thing and bring it back and go, here's what I got. Andy knew I can carry 50 pounds. That's what I'm going to do. Same thing with us. God gave you and I the ability and the resource to bless other people. We just need to go out and do it. We don't want to shrink back from that call. We don't want to hoard. We don't want to step back and go, I don't know. No, be an Andy the Ant, man. Put that thing on your back. Do it. That's the blessing that we get from being a blessing. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of weird, but but whatever. Um, and, And here's the thing. God gave you the ability to carry a load. And he'll never give you more than you can handle. So don't shrink back. And the thing that I think is we got a week and a half before we get to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a time that a lot of people go through a lot of emotions. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hurt when families get together. There's a lot of hurt coming into the Christmas season. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot going on in the world. And I think if my prayer to you guys would be as a congregation, I want to pray that we'll take some focus and we'll put some intensity behind it. We're going to do it for a period of time. And we're going to become blessing machines. What a privilege to be part of God's call, to be part of God's plan, that you're an instrument that he wants to use to bless other people. And he says, you know what? I promise you, you become a blessing, and I'll I'll bless you. We can show God's love by being a blessing to others, and what an amazing feeling to be part of that. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you have blessed us. We sit here in this room, rich, poor, but no matter what, we are some of the richest people in the world. Lord, we have the honor to sit here and and worship you today, Lord. We've experienced the love that you have for us. And when you first spoke the words to Abraham, you said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to call you out, but I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to other people. Lord, as we sit here today and we have the ability to do this and we have the ability to bless others with our physical resources, our money, our time, we have the ability to bless people with the talents that we have, things that we can do for them. We have the ability to bless them with the gifts that we have spiritually from you. Lord, we can show somebody love. We can show somebody compassion. We can show somebody some empathy. We can lift them up or we can tear them down. God, I pray today that we would concentrate on being a blessing to others, Lord, that we can show them the love that you have and it would just flow through us to them, Lord. 
Help us not to allow things like fear to interfere with that, Lord. Help things like busyness to not get in the way of our being able to be a blessing to other people. Lord, let our attitude be one that's of yours, one that's of love, and help our attitude to not stop us or to get in the way. God, I pray that there would be testimonies that would come out of this and how people were able to fully bless somebody else and being blessed in the process, Lord. So we give you thanks, God. We give you praise. I pray for this congregation as we leave today, Lord, that there would be something that would stick in the next couple days that they would think of Andy the Anthony. He didn't shrink back. He did what he was created to do and that we would do the same, Lord. So we want to give you all of the glory. We want to give you all of the love that we have, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you need prayer, would like to pray, I'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, have a fantastic day, you bunch of Andes.